y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show. It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us on episode 169 of the Decoding Success podcast. And with Valentine's Day right around the corner, depending on when you're listening to this, just a couple of days away, we decided it was extremely important for us to continue to decode the topic of relationships. Now, there is no right or wrong answers in this world, but there are individuals who continuously go out there and study what it takes to have have a successful relationship and that is exactly what we want you to have and that is exactly why we are bringing about our friend Marnie Wing a female dating coach for men who has spent the last decade helping tens of thousands of men stop being quote unquote Mr. Nice Guy and become quote unquote Mr. Holy Shit I Want Him now every product she's created every conference that she's put on every coaching call that she's had she has one simple mission and that is to give the good guy the edge you're gonna learn everything you need to know about women and women that are tuned into this episode, you're going to you're gonna learn everything you need to know about men as well because I wanted to make sure we were keeping this episode symbiotic. We are diving into so many amazing topics in relationships, but I also want to throw in there, we're also talking about Marnie's business as your quote-unquote wing woman or your quote-unquote wingman, whatever the case is. So a lot of amazing things to dive into today. Super excited to have you here for episode 169. I have to ask you before we dive into things to make sure you are sharing this with the people in your circle. It costs absolutely nothing to do so. And if you share it with just one person today, you have the ability to make a drastic impact. If you want to share it on your social channels, just make sure you're tagging Marnie and myself so that we can show you love in the DMs and repost and do whatever we got to do there. And now without further ado we bring to you our friend marnie marnie first and foremost i want to say thank you express my gratitude towards you for hopping on here especially during this whole like quarantine coronavirus global what pandemic. else do i have to do <laughs> oh i just want to say i appreciate it i'm definitely grateful to have you super excited to have you and ready to amplify your message so again thank you for joining us yeah of course thanks for having me i just love what you're doing so i i was happy to get involved awesome good stuff so I'm not going to change how we kick off the show with you, but obviously we're going to go into a very specific topic with you, which I'm really excited to do. But the first question I must ask is, how do you personally define success? Ooh, how do I personally define success? Oh God, I've been trying to ask myself that question for so long. Why are you putting, we should have maybe done a rundown for this before. Um, no, personally define success um, again, I've been working with a business coach all year to, mm. to figure out what this means to me. And for me, the ideal success is when I don't have to worry about money. Um, and I can still live a life that is balanced with my family and work and still feel passionate about both equally. I love um, that. That's how I define success. That's so awesome. So let's 
kind of connect the dots here, right? Because I'm very interested in your line of work. Obviously, that's why I reached out to you. Um, and as I mentioned before, we even started recording this. I think I could talk to you all day about this type of stuff. But I'm curious to learn how you got into it. So before kind of just jumping the gun there, I want to learn who was Marnie in high school, right? Like, what was she doing? Who was she hanging out with? What was her dream back then? What was success to her back then? Uh, the Marnie in high school couldn't even possibly think about those things because she was too wrapped up in being self-conscious, insecure, and uncomfortable. Mm. So her, her mind was filled with many other things that did not include her future success or her future jobs. Right. Um, I was I popular in high school, but I definitely was not a comfortable person. I judged myself a lot, put a lot of pressure on myself, not academically, definitely not academically, um, but socially. And um, I had a good time, a hard time, a fun time, a tough time. Right. It, it wasn't a horrible situation, um, but I have a lot of regrets from my high school experience, mainly because I was so trapped in my head, which, which most people are in high right. school. It just didn't, didn't feel like that to me back then. Um, but I always have had this go, go, go button in me to do things, to make things happen. I never really had a purpose before or a drive for something specific, but I always wanted to um, start things and make them cool for others. So when I was right. 12 years old, I started a babysitting club. I was uh, 16 years old. I started a pant company, like a, a sweat pant company for pajamas. I started by selling to my friends and I started selling to different stores. Um, so there was always an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit in me, uh, but it was definitely clouded by all of the other stuff that was going on in my head. Right. So I'm curious, like how you got over the, the self-criticisms and the judgments, et cetera. Like what did life just transition you out of that phase or did you do some inner work to help? Well, I had a stroke when I was 20. So that was oh, a big signal for me to not uh, do that to myself anymore. Um, and, and, and even before that, I, I started to do some work on myself. Um, uh, and the work that I had done on myself was really just about like talking to other people, understanding their own securities. Um, I went backpacking when I was 19 and it, it just opened up my eyes to different ways that people live their lives, the way that they think. I had help books passed on to me during that time. Um, mm -hmm. But when I went back home, I fell into old habits and I ended up having a stroke when I was 20. And that was a very challenging year for me to get back to normal. Um, and uh, when I was kind of through with that first year of feeling down about myself and probably the worst I'd ever felt about myself, I made a promise to myself to stop feeling that way. That's when I moved to Los Angeles. I got out of Toronto and I made a yes to every opportunity that came my way and alter how I felt about myself, um, find the right people, the right specialists, the right doctors to talk to, the right books to read, the right videos to watch to help me stop believing the things that I did. So, yeah. I mean, like a condensed version, there wasn't like one specific book that made me uh, think a, a new way. It, w it was mainly my interactions with all different types of people that have helped push me in a new direction. And um, the desire to stop thinking all this BS that was in my head. So right. the biggest thing that helped me um, was actually starting my own business when I was 23 years old, where I helped men meet women 
But really what I was helping them with was discovering their own self-worth um, and asking for the things they wanted in life, which in turn helped coach me to do the same things. So that's, that's been the, the biggest impact. That's yeah, th- that's so powerful, you know, and, you know, I just want to commend you for your willingness to make that change in your life. Like that's really, you know, it's super admirable because there are so many people that are out there and listen, I mean, I, I've been one of them. I still am one of them in some way, shape and form, right? Like having that willingness to not only make the promise to yourself, but to keep it right? Because, you know, one thing I come across day in and day out is the fact that we don't like to lie to other people, but we'll blatantly lie to ourselves all the time. Like, Hey, I'm going to drink a celery juice every morning. And next thing you know, you don't do it for two weeks straight. You know, like, uh, we, we lie to ourselves and I really, you know, admire the fact that, you know, you, you stood up there, but I'm curious, like, how do you find yourself keeping that promise even till today? Uh, it's tough. Honestly, I think the thing that keeps it going for me is my children because I have new challenges now that I'm being faced with parts of my party that I wasn't really getting to see or work on that come from my childhood uh, the way that I deal with conflict, the way that I deal with coming up against others who do not agree with me all the time. Um, new things are constantly being presented to me and I am constantly having to learn and understand other different types of people. I didn't have to understand a six-year-old before or a three-year-old. Now I do. So um, I think I, I keep up with growing by continuing to bring new experiences into my life. Like I think about, you know, all the time my life before children and how it would be so easy now because I could have gone on the way that I was before. But um, I'm somebody who likes challenges. So it may have been easier, but this is more interesting for sure. And I'm learning things about me and and improving on them. Listen, I'm still horrible. I I make a lot of mistakes and I'm struggling that you are. But I think that um, I continue to add tools to my tool belt that can help me stay a little bit more sane. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So you mentioned your your line of work and I'm just like so curious, like how did you get into this? Like, um, so first let me tell you how I discovered you. I was randomly getting hit with, I believe your ads and I'm like, all right, let me check her out. Let me see what, oh, really? what's going on. So then I, I just genuinely liked like what you were putting out there in the world. And in fact, we actually had a few round table discussions on, on this show in regards to relationships and just like going through the works with that. That stuff. So I'm just like really curious, like how did you get in the line of work and very uniquely, by the way, of considering yourself, you know, a wing woman in a sense, which I really love, you know, that's so awesome. Yeah. Well, I did it by accident. I um, had actually just started dating my husband, but I still wanted to window shop a little bit. So I went to a singles mixer rabbi's house um and when i got there nobody was talking to each other and i got kind of frustrated and then i also wasn't interested in anybody so i'm like okay why don't i just help a few people out so i would go up to guys i would start talking to them and loosen them up a bit and then i'd say who do you want to talk to and they would point at a girl and i'd say okay come with me and i would like pull them over and start a conversation for them and then when they were good i would leave i would like pump the guy up a bit and then i'd walk away and then by the end of the night people were exchanging numbers there was one couple that i introduced who were making out in the corner at a rabbi's house, by the way, which is kind of crazy. Um, and so when I went home, I had said to my roommate, who was 15 years older than me and an entrepreneur, um, I said, I think I found out what I want to do tonight. I want to be a wing girl for men. And he was like, no, 
that's not going to happen. Guys do not care what women think. They definitely don't want advice from women on how to get other women. That is never going to work. And he made like some crude joke about sexual favors. I would have to toss it if I ever wanted to charge for it. And I was like, no, I, I don't think you're right. What better way to attract bees than with honey? Sit back and relax. I'll be your wing girl and do all the dirty work for you. And I got it flooded with guys messaging me. I was up till about three o'clock in the morning going back and forth with people. And I was like, hey, there's something interesting here. And I went to bed because I was exhausted. And I had over 75 guys write me by the next morning when I woke up. So I was like, okay, there's something interesting here. Guys want this information. And so I just started and I didn't question it. I just kept going. I didn't have a website or anything. I had a, a, a phone line. I didn't even have to have a cell phone at the time. I had a phone line. I didn't even have call waiting. But I, I worked in PR at the time. So I went and I downloaded the full editorial list from every men's publication. And I just started contacting them, telling about what I was doing. And after the first two weeks, I was in the LA Times. I was on the Kevin and Bean show. Um, I was on hold for the Tonight Show. Never ended up happening. But like, it, it didn't exist back then. So people were fascinated by it. Um, and I had started a business and I thought it was very, very cool. I mean, others in my life did not think it was so cool at first that I was meeting random men list and going out with them. <laughs> but that's how I started my business. It's definitely transformed since then. It's not a live service that I do with people anymore. It's all right. uh, systems and programs and, and one-on-one coaching and also group coaching. But, uh, that was about 15 years ago. So yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. So this business has been rocking and rolling for 15 years. That's yeah, freaking that's incredible. Yeah. That's so incredible. You know, and I think there's statistics out there that show like getting a business to 10 years is like at 1%. So you're a one percenter and that's freaking awesome. Yeah, and I that's wanna... pretty awesome. See that success right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And you know, I just want to throw it out there. Not for nothing. I love getting advice from women when it comes to relationships. So well, your old roommate, like I, I, I don't even turn to my boys. Like I, I would rather turn to a girl. Yeah, and I would rather turn to a guy to get my male advice, like on other guys, because you guys know the like. Listen, if I if I go to another female dating coach, I can get ninety percent of the information from her right. about what to do and things that she's done to get the guy. But that last ten percent that guys only understand, you can only get from a man and, and a guy who actually is out there and dating and doing stuff. So right. I, I completely agree with you. That's so, so I wrote down my own questions and I know a bunch are just going to pop up, but I'm really curious to learn what you think men need to know about women. That's kind of overlooked, right? You know, something that isn't so obvious or maybe it is obvious, but we're just overlooking it. Well, we're not unicorns with breasts. We're not these magical, mystical creatures that you have to like handle with care and we get to be put onto a pedestal. That's not who we are. We're human beings just the same as you. That's the first thing that like guys have to take these women who are beautiful and knock them down. Uh, I don't want to say knock them down, but like put them back to being on their level. That's the one thing. Um, The other thing that guys aren't aware of is that women are equally as sexual as men. Women want to have casual encounters. They want to be taken on this roller coaster ride of excitement. And they want to have, they do want to have one night stands. They, and they also want to have long-term relationships. But I'm, my point is, is that we are very sexual beings, if not more sexual than men. We may not think about it the same way as men, but we are extremely 
sexual. And so many men don't believe that we are. Mm. Okay. That's so interesting. So what do you feel like is the reverse? Like, what do you think women are overlooking in men that may be more obvious? Just because I want to keep this symbiotic, right? Like, yeah. So what do you, I think women are overlooking in men. I think that uh, women put a lot of pressure on men to do most of the work. So I actually created a program seven years ago called that's not how men work. And I, I made it for women based on the information learned from men. Right. Um, because my advice to my female friends started to shift after I started doing work with a lot of these guys. And I, I got to hear about a lot of insecurities and fears. And I never thought that, that men were insecure and fearful about approaching a woman or starting a conversation or going on a date. Uh, in my mind, I always thought that men thought they had complete control, but in reality, they, they feel just as insecure as we do as women when our mm. are on the line, our bodies are on the line, our self-esteem is on the line. Um, so my advice to my female friends started to shift from, oh, he's a jerk or, oh, you're so much better than him. You deserve the best to that's not how men work. You can do this, but that's not how men work. And um, I, I think that women need to understand more about how men work and men need to understand more about how women work because uh, there's so much confusion on both sides. And most of it's done to protect ourselves, but there's right. just a lot of confusion. So, you know, it's so interesting to use the word protect, right? Because especially after someone's hurt, they put up that barrier of protection, that wall. And not yeah. for nothing, it's... Like if I'm the guy that comes next after a woman's hurt, like I'm getting the brunt of that. Oh story. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like it's like a straight two by four across the face, no matter what the hell I'm doing. Like I could be fucking Mr. Perfect and I'm still getting that two by four. So what's your advice to someone that's in the position of men or women, right? In regards to, cause men do it too. I'm not going to sit here and say men don't put up a barrier. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've had barriers my entire life, not even just in relationships, but in, in many different aspects. And, you know, we become numb. Men don't like to talk about that. Men like to act emotionless in a sense. That's the yeah. stereotype. And I'm not trying to stereotype anyone me my eq is super high like i would even shed a tear here right now but um ultimately like what's your advice for someone that's in the position that's dealing with someone that was previously hurt and now you're next up and it's just like fuck i'm dealing with this it's exactly what you just said about people not liking talking about these things that's the only way to heal some of these wounds is to reveal so if you happen to be the person who's doing these things um you reveal it to the person who's in your life so that they're aware that it's a pattern that you keep doing to yourself or keep repeating uh but if you're dating somebody who seems to have barriers up you talk to them exactly the way that I said, you know, I had learned about my purities and I had gotten over some of my struggles I had when I was younger. I talked to people, I became educated. I heard other stories from other individuals about how they became aware of these struggles and then the work that they did to eliminate those things. So if you come across a girl who, you know, used to date a ton, ton of players in the past um, and so she's used to being burned or let on, you can look her in the eye and say, listen, I know what you've gone through in the past. I'm not that guy. You need from me that would let you know I'm not that guy. Do you need a text today? Do you need, like, you just ask her. And if she doesn't, she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know you. Okay, well, let's figure it out together. Because I want you to feel comfortable and I want me to feel comfortable. Because it's I don't feel comfortable when you start playing your little games by not calling me back 
because you think I'm going to burn you. So it, it's really powerful to understand the, the actions that people do on the back end when they, they have an insecurity pop up for them. And it doesn't really take a psychology degree to always figure out these things. But if you start to notice that a girl's pulling away and playing some games with you, call her out on it in a very kind way, tough but kind way. My husband, when I first started dating him, um, I kind of had a very similar fear. Not that he was a player, but that he, he couldn't really love me. So I always had my eyes open and I was looking at other people, even though I didn't really like them. I just wanted attention from other people. And there was one day where he turned around and said to me, I know what you're doing. I did it. He's 10 years old and he's like, I did it when I was your age. Did the exact same thing. Found out it does not work well. I like you. I want to be with you and I'm going to be a good man to you. So are you in or are you out? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in. And, and then that got me to switch the way that I was thinking about things. And then we were able to continue talking about those insecurities. I safe opening up to him and revealing that those insecurities were there and, um, and knew that he could handle it. That, right. that was really important. Because I think, I know, a lot of guys when women do put their emotions onto men, because sometimes they're not as nice as I'm saying the emotions right now. They're a lot more extreme. A lot of men can't handle it. Um, so that's what I help a lot of men do is learning how to be unrattled by the emotions so that they can lead through what's really going on. Yeah. So let me ask you in regards to your relationship with your husband, like what do you find are the keys to, you know, having a successful one? Oh gosh, I mean, tons of communication and work. It really is. My husband and I are completely different. And, and, and we, we butt heads all the time. Like literally, if, if I say um, scroll up on your phone, his definition of scroll up, really scroll down. Like we're that different. We just literally <laughs> have different languages sometimes. Um, and so it can be very frustrating and can cause a lot of battles. But um we talk. I mean, we, we talk a lot, maybe too much sometimes from his point of view, not from mine. Um, but the wonderful thing is that he lets me talk to him. Um, sometimes it blows, it blows up because he can't handle some of the things that I say. Always come back and hear what I said. That's the key. There are other people who have way less differences who maybe do not battle as much and they probably have different success stories. For us to successfully navigate our relationship because we have so many differences, it requires tons of communication. Mm, I love that. That's huge. So how did you know he was the one? Like that? that's something that I, I think about rather often, right? Because um, I'm at a point in my life, I'm 27. And a lot of our listeners are millennials, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. And hey, like, I know one of my goals is to have a family, a beautiful family, right? So I'm always curious, like, what is that one? Like, how did you know your husband was the one? I don't know. It was just something in my head that kept saying, I want him to propose to me. I want to marry him. I like, there was this yeah. voice in my head that just said, I love him. I love him. But I, I'll be honest. I've had that voice in my head for other men before and it did not turn out that way. So I don't know the exact recipe. I just know that I always wanted to spend time with him and that when I was away from him, all I wanted to do was figure out how to get back to being with him. I don't know if that's like a codependence thing or insecurity thing. I have absolutely no idea. All I know is that 
I liked him more than other people. Right. And I resonate with that. That's yeah, huge. That, that was it. And I, and then, um, wrote this program and I never released it, but it was something for, for me to even do, uh, while he and I were dating, that was like a hundred, hundred questions before marriage. It was going to, sell it to people for whatever. Cause I think it's a good thing to ask these, ask questions. Um, and many of the questions, you know, we, we have very similar answers to, or at least I know the answers to the question. Um, and it, we have very similar values, um, mm. and, and goals in life. So I think that I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer that for everybody. That's a very tough question because it has yeah. to be what's right for you. Yeah. So, you know what, I'm really, this is coming to mind now. Like you mentioned values. I very much so whenever, and this is new, I've only had the opportunity to do this once. And this is my most recent relationship. I, on the second date asked, what are your values? Because number one, I don't want to waste anyone's time especially mine. I'm going to sound selfish saying that, but what happens if someone doesn't know what their values are, right? Like if they don't know what they want, if they're kind of in that like gray area in life and it's just like, all right, like I kind of put that burden on myself to help them figure it out, but it's really not my job to do so. It's no one's job to do so other than the person that doesn't actually know. So I don't think most people have their values available on, on, on demand. I don't, I don't think people sit down and think about what are my values? I, think that um, other questions can help you pull their values out and show you whether or not your values align. So you can share stories or ask questions about family. Like what, you know, what are your goals um, in a relationship or what are you looking for for the next five years? Or um, I actually have this, this exercise that I had done to figure out my own values. And it was, I totally forget what the questions are. It's actually a part of many of my programs, but the, the questionnaire, um, it basically said, okay, you're at your funeral and somebody's giving your eulogy. Um, what, what would they say about you? And, there, and so there are questions that help you figure out what things are really important to you about yourself, about the world. Um, and then you go back through your answers and you can, you can pull your values out. Oh, I really like people with integrity. Oh, I really like being spontaneous. Oh, so it, it's just, I think asking questions to figure out if like, if you know, your top three values are family. I don't know what your values are, but let's say they're mm. um, family being good to others. And, um, and I don't even know, uh, being spontaneous. You can ask questions or tell stories that would showcase you being those three things and see how she responds. And she's like, Oh God, I would never want to do anything spontaneous. Oh, that sounds absolutely horrible. I like everything really, really planned. Right. That tells you she doesn't share that value. But if she says, I'm not like that, but I would love to try that shows that she could like your value and would love to be around somebody that could push her in that direction. So I think, Questions like "What are your values?" are really intimidating and feel very interviewee, um, unless that other person has already gone through like many self-help courses, like right. yourself or other reading in that way. Um, yeah, it can just be a little bit overwhelming to get that question. Yeah, I realize I'm very blunt and very direct. Like I'm straight to the point. Like no BS at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what do you feel like are some of the other 100 questions you would have put in that, um, that document or whatever it was in regards to asking each other before marriage. Um, how, 
the biggest question would be is what is your definition of a successful relationship? Very similar to what you asked me. Um, uh, how, how, how do they deal with conflict and and what are your tools for conflict resolution? Um, is this somebody that you can grow with? Or is this somebody that you, you believe has the inability to grow? I forget. There are like so many questions that I had in it. Um, well, these are awesome. Like, I love yeah, these questions. Yeah. And they're, and they're easy to, to, to answer. And they, they make you really think about it. But like, even silly ones, like... Um, it, like, do they like three things that you like? I, I think that's really important. My husband and I have many, many, many differences. Um, but we definitely have like our three core things that we like. We, we like walking around neighborhoods. Like that is a simple thing that we both really like to do. We like sitting on the couch on Sundays, maybe going for brunch. This is before kids, but like maybe going for brunch, maybe not doing it, but we're both okay with not doing anything on a Sunday. But then we have major days. I also like during the week, I'm moving around constantly and I don't need to sit for half an hour to get my day started. I can go right away. Um, so yeah, like as long as you have, I think three things that you share together, I think you can do the rest separately. So uh, I'm sure you get asked a million and one questions from podcasts or, you know, your clients, et cetera. What do you feel like is a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Hmm. I don't really have anything. <laughs> um, I wish people would ask me. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I don't, I don't have anything I feel like that hasn't been asked. So I think it's you, all been asked. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a question where I'm like, Oh, I wish they would ask this. Cause most likely if I wish they would ask this, I would make them ask the question or I would <laughs> steer the conversation in that direction. Um, I feel like I, I put everything out there. So um, there isn't anything that I feel like I, I would want to reveal. Right. That hasn't already been revealed or that I'm holding back on. So what's the question you get asked the most? Well, what is the number one mistake that men are making? Um, why do men have such trouble uh, interacting with women? How did I start my business? Um, yeah, those are my so, top questions. I think. What is that number one mistake you think men make? The biggest mistake that men make is not going after what they want not going after what they want. At what point though, do you draw the line and say, okay, I can't go after this anymore, right? Like if you're pursuing it, pursuing it and Hey, like you're not even getting drawback, but it's just like not moving in the direction you want. Like at what point do you draw that line? And you have to evaluate your other wants and see in line with what it is mm. that you're pursuing. So if there is a girl that you keep trying to get, but she keeps rejecting you, at a certain point, you have to recognize somebody else's wants, right? So, and then you have to, to think to yourself, do I want to make somebody want me that is so obvious about not wanting me? And do I want that kind of um, energy in whatever relationship I, I create? Do I want to be desperate? Do I want keep trying to get something that isn't available to me or do I want to have self-respect? So there's a whole bunch of wants that you have to know about yourself. But I, I think that the, the biggest mistake that I see men making is 
believing they can't have something, but they haven't even asked for it yet. They haven't even gone for it yet. They put these limitations on themselves that says, no, it's not going to happen because of X, Y, Z, whatever their own beliefs are. So the biggest, the biggest lesson that I teach to men is you, you can't get what you want asking for it. You have to go for it and try. Right. What do you feel like is the biggest mistake women make? Same thing. Really not going for it. Not speaking their mind about what it is that they want. Right. I think that women are a lot more timid and nervous about being bold and clear about what it is that they want. And that bites them in the ass and gets them into a lot of trouble, either by not getting what they want or by getting into situations that are not good for them. Right. What do you feel like is the best piece of advice you received when it comes to relationships? Hmm. Um, the best tool that I have is, um, it's about safe conversations. It's, uh, not John Gottman. Who is it? It's the couple. I forget what their names are, but they're like an older couple who teach people around the world about safe conversations, how, how to communicate with your partner so that they can be heard and nobody gets defensive and angry and uh, turns things into huge blowouts. So it's about listening to your partner, taking in what they're saying, acknowledging it, hearing it, comforting them on what they've shared with you, and then relaying back your feelings, thoughts, or point of view on what it is that they've said. And then you then you continue by stating your issue, like you take communicating. And I'm messing that up. It's not like the exact flow, but it's basically, it's not being defensive um, and having boundaries when you're having conversation with your partner. It's about understanding that your, your partner loves you and is there to help the relationship, not hurt you or the relationship. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to communication, right? And I, yeah, I, I think, communication. yeah, and I think one thing that goes missing when it comes to this is it's one thing to listen, but it's another thing to comprehend, right? Or even not comprehend, but, um, it, the, the biggest struggle for men is, is, is listening and not reacting. Um, so even my husband, so this is something that we work on constantly where, uh, I say something and right away he defends or reacts and he's gotten so much better at, at saying to me, I'm really sorry you feel that way. I'm really sorry that that's how that situation felt to you or that that was your interpretation of what happened. It was not my intention. And then he goes back to how he feels and he thinks instead of just pouncing. Yeah. But I, I completely agree with you. It's like, sometimes you don't even have to really comprehend how the other person is feeling or what they're expressing. It's just about acknowledging that it's their thought and it's their feeling and it's okay. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I think, you know, what you're what you've been saying throughout this, especially when you related to your personal relationship is the fact that you both have the willingness to work on things. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because I mean, listen, my parents are divorced. Clearly they didn't work on everything that they potentially could have. And maybe they did, it just didn't work out. That's totally fine. I've never asked. But I also tell myself I would never put myself in the position where not to say that I would never get divorced because I can never predict the future in that sense, but like I would do 
any and everything to make sure that I'm, you know, showing up and actually working on things. So there's your question for your partner for when you're going on dates is about conflict resolution for them, finding a way to ask that, that question because you may be like that, but your partner may not be like that. And that, in regards to what? In regards to being willing? In regards to they'll do anything to fix yeah. it. So many people, they'd rather work their brain harder about how to not do anything to, to um, keep their self-esteem and to keep themselves from being vulnerable that, that they'll totally ruin relationships. It, it would be interesting to ask your parents, both of them separately, why they got divorced because that would be helpful for you. Yeah, it definitely would. And that's kind of like bringing up this random question, like what characteristics, you know, because we're talking about willingness here and stuff like that, what characteristics does a person need to have, men or women? Like what characteristics do they need to embody to be able to have a successful relationship? And I know people could define it differently, what a successful relationship is. Um, Obviously, I'm sure we could say a good communicator or, you know, someone that can convey their message, but what else stands out to you? They need to be a good friend. They need to be respectful. Um, they, I mean, communication, obviously. Um, and they, I think that you have to, have to continue to have a desire to learn and grow mm. with your partner. It doesn't mean you have to like skill every three months or start taking up tennis with your partner. I, but I, I think you have to continue to learn and grow uh, about the person that you're with. So yeah. check-ins, finding out what's going on with them. Cause I, I hear so many couples who talk about growing apart and, and you grow apart because I mean, some people just grow apart because they have different wants from when they were 25 or whenever they got married or they're different people. But I, I think that happens because you, you, you can become really separate in your tasks. Um, when you get married, like we have two kids and my husband and I, it's really hard for us to think of conversations to have that don't revolve around our children. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's extra effort for both of us to think of ways to have things that we can do together to, to grow that aren't like day-to-day conversations so that we become bored of each other and then find the interesting stuff from other people around us. So yeah. I think uh, yeah, learning together for something small even is really essential for good relationships to last. Yeah. I love that. I love this conversation by the way, but I'm curious, like I I asked you, what's a question you wish more people would ask you? What's a question you wish I would ask you like in this moment? I don't know. Um, like what, what was your expectation of the, of the podcast? Like, um, I'm curious, like, did you have, I, any- I, never go into this thinking, oh, I hope they ask me this. Um, I, I have, I have no idea. I am like a blank. I, it's funny. What, what do other people say when you ask that question? Um, so I had Clinton Sparks on here recently and his answer stood out to me. Clinton Sparks is a Grammy uh, nominated producer out in LA. He's worked with like Lady Gaga and Beyonce and, amazing people. And I asked him that question and he said he wishes more people would ask him about parenting. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, that's cool. Like he is a parent. He he's uh, about to be another, uh, a new parent again, or however you frame that. Um, so that was his response, but, um, you know, it differs, it it differs. So that's why I just always ask because I'm always so curious. Ah, That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't wish, I don't wish you would ask me anything. Um, but maybe my answer would be similar, but I think that I'm still struggling to figure out, uh, parenting. So I don't know if I would fully want you to ask me about that, but you did learn a really cool tool about parenting. 
if you want me to share that. Please, yeah. So um, I watched this uh, webinar from this woman named Amy. I forget what her last name is, Cruddy or something. But she gave this really wonderful tool talking about how, and this is very true for humans and couples, like adults, um, how children are struggling for power and attention. And I think that's very true. Uh, for adults when they're older. So people in relationships right. should pay attention to this as well. And so you, you, if, if kids start to fight a lot or act out, it's typically because they're not getting enough attention. And if you start giving a ton of attention, that behavior is still there. It's typically because they're trying to find a way to gain power and dynamic between parent and child. Kids are pretty much powerless until they start taking all the power by being assholes. And (laughs) then they have the full control of that, which is a big pain for everybody. And so she had said, um, the way to combat this was when she sees something, you see something going on. So like my two sons fight a lot in the morning. So typically in the past, I would go up to them and say, hey, stop, 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 stop. Like, stop. I'm going to separate the two of you. Okay, stop. What's going on? Like, who did this? And you emotionally jump in to their emotion. So she said, instead, you go up to them and you say, hey, guys, I'm noticing you're having some trouble getting along in the morning. And I, that's not great for me. It's not great for you. It sets us up on a bad start for the day. And we want to be in a good mood for the day. Um, if if we continue fighting like this, sadly, I'm going to have to separate the two of you and one of you will go into this room, one of you will go into that room. That's going to be the consequence for continuing to fight like this. What do you guys think about that? And then they'll say, okay, yeah, well, we, we agreed to going in separate rooms. And then you go, okay, can you repeat that back to me? Because then they're accountable. That's where they have the control and power. They, it's not me just saying, hey, now you're in separate rooms. It's them saying, I'm agreeing that if I act like a jerk, I have to go to a different room. So when, then they have to verbally agree. And then when they do it again, you just calmly go over and say, okay, no, I'm sorry, but you, you guys have to go into separate rooms. We, we you know, know, knew the consequences in advance and hopefully we can alter this tomorrow. And it's, it's worked really, really well. Like not perfectly, it, it helps them feel more empowered. And then as a parent, you feel more empowered too, because you're not diving into their craziness and just getting overrun by all of their um, emotion, uh, all the BS that, <laughs> that comes with having siblings in the house. Um, and for me, it just helps me feel more calm and so that I'm in control where I, right. I didn't feel like that before. So how do I tie that into relationships, right? Because you mentioned it's... Yeah, it's very similar to safe conversations, right? right. So instead of going to your partner saying like, okay, why aren't you talking to me? Or that was really rude how you ignored me at that party. I felt really ignored. You were just talking to your friends the entire time. You could say, I notice that when we we get around your friends, um, sometimes kind of forget about me. And this may be just how I'm feeling, um, but I, I get comfortable when I'm around your friends. And it would be really helpful for me if when we are around your friends, maybe for the first five minutes, put your arm around me and bring me into the conversation. And then when I feel comfortable, I can tap you on the leg and just say, I'm good. How does that sound to you? And then they can say, oh, that sounds really good. Okay, wonderful. So what is it we're going to do? <laughs> and then you have them repeat to you what you're going to do. And then... You, you do it as opposed to saying, nah, you did this because nobody wants to do something when they're 
when it's done that way, right? You do right, it like right. and angrily and then resentment builds up. So it's just a kinder way of talking about things, but usually the rude way of, kind of talking about things is done so to protect you, right? To put the blame onto the other person and protect your own emotions. And it's really hard to just speak kindly to somebody when your emotions are on the line. Yeah, that almost sounds fairy tale like in a sense. It like, does, but it actually works way better. It's, it's, it's so hard to do. It's so difficult to do. But when you actually do it and you see the response on the other end and you're like, oh my God, they smiled when I said that to them. Okay, that does work better. So then it, then it becomes more of a ritual to do it that way. I'm not saying I do this perfectly. I I fuck up all the time and I'm a a meanie and I'm moody. Um, But most often there's something I'm really thinking about that bothers me. I I, I can communicate that in a better way. Yeah. I mean, we also are human, right? So like we're, we're not going to be perfect at everything we do. Um, that's really interesting. Like this whole, this whole conversation has been like super interesting. Just kind of like, me too. you know, just, just to be able to dissect and well, decode would probably be the better word to use since that's the name of the show. But, um, it's really interesting. And I guess it brings me to the next question. Like what is a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear, but proved to be true over time? Oh, Marnie, you have to learn how to soothe yourself. I hate that. What does that mean? That it's not somebody else's responsibility to soothe me. That mm. I have to soothe myself and then you can talk about things. It, so what used to happen with my husband and I, we would be in an argument and I would think it was his responsibility to snap out of the argument and tend to my emotion. Mm. And that's just very difficult to do. If both of you are triggered... And so I had to learn how to calm myself down, soothe myself so that I can not feel triggered and I can um, put my thoughts together and then express what it is that I'm feeling or thinking. And still can get heated, but it's um, like when you're in that point where you're like this and you just have all these crazy thoughts going through your head, which I tend to do a lot. They manifest into really big ideas that are very unrealistic. Um, so I had to learn how to to make everything a little bit more logical and realistic so that I can soothe myself. I love that. Yeah. That, and, you know, one thing I've been learning over the course of, honestly, over the course of 2020 is exactly what you were just saying. Like it needs to start with self before you can get it from anywhere else, just including self-love, right? Like you really can't experience love. You could have love mirrored back to you, but you can't really experience love unless you love yourself and just like really living more internally versus external. And I mean, I I could say it myself. I I very much so lived an external than internal life. So um, it's really interesting you bring that up because uh, it's been, it's been a big topic for me recently. That's for sure. I mean, well, how old are you? You're in 27. Yeah. This is when it happens. (laughs) You start to think about those things like, because you start to see outside of yourself and where you may have gone wrong in the past and things that your behavior may have resulted in. So it's amazing self-reflection time. Um, but it's wonderful that you're going in the direction to work on and improve things because some people are just like, this is how I am. You said about self-love, like how is anybody else expected to love you if you don't love yourself? Right. Exactly. So it becomes really challenging. So when smarter people, I think realize that, um, that's when they can have other people come in to, to love them even more. 
You know, what's also interesting is like, if you don't love yourself, but by the grace of God or, or whoever, the grace of the universe to be politically correct, right? If you start receiving love and you don't love yourself, you won't believe that person actually loves you, you know, because, and that's one thing I'm learning too. It's just like, they, you know, you'll just have the belief, like, how could you love me if I don't love me? You know, um, do you, what do you think about that? It, it hit, it hits home for me because that's, a, that's, um, that's my gremlin for sure. Mm. So, um, so that is my natural place that I go to, uh, when conflict does arise. So even in, in my, in my business life and also in my personal life and I, even with my children, um, it's that you're doing this because you don't love me enough. And that's where, um, bringing things down more realistic place to look at them really tends to help and the self-soothing of uh, that's not 100% accurate here are five examples of, of how he loves you or how, how your kids love you or how um, he this person likes you when you're working relationship um, so I, I, I do agree with that but you can still experience love even if you're still struggling with that and then I think it, the, the, so I'm a big fan love languages and knowing your love language and understanding your purpose. Yeah. So that you can also guide people on how to love you so that if you get into a moment where you are thinking, they don't love me, blah, blah. You can say, can you do this for me or something? And if they can do that for you, then that helps you believe in love. I I think most people will always struggle with believing that they're, on some level, I think it's like, I just think that that doesn't really go away. If you have it, you can work on it. Or maybe like I'm only at the middle stage of, of, of working on that insecurity. But for me, it still pops up. I have a lot of self-love for myself. I'm pretty proud of things that I've accomplished and I feel good 90% of the time. But I, I still have that like doubt 10% of the time. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it's hard, it's hard to be a hundred percent positive all the time, but, um, I, you know, randomly, I'm just going to ask this, you kind of answered it before, but I'm just trying to see if there's a difference here, you know, being that the show is like super millennial based, would there be any advice that you would give to someone male or female, um, in regards to just dating in general, right? Like before you said the number one mistake was um, men and and women, men and women not going after what they wanted. Is that different based on age or it's all the same? It's all the exact same thing. It's all there to protect ourselves. So I would say for millennials, I mean, just put yourself out there, go for it, figure out what you want and then find out the channels that would give you the best results. So if you were wanting something super casual, um, and you like girls who are, um, I don't even know, like, uh, I'm trying to, oh my God, like pinup style girls, then that also really like, like rock me. I don't know. You have to like go go to, go to where your audience is. Um, and I know that there's a lot, lots of apps out there that have the masses on there, but if you like something specific or you have a strong value in something like religion, for example, um, don't try and go on Tinder or match.com and try to find like a good Christian girl, like go somewhere that has your audience 
um, shares the same as you. And so the more that you know about what it is that you want, um, the easier it'll be for you to find that and for you to get it back and for it to click. But really just like, just put yourself out there. Just like yeah. what you said about the, the yes challenge or the yes theory, same thing. Like if you're, if you're wanting to date right now, find every avenue that's available to you, right. pick out the best ones that are more most in line with your wants and then start doing it and don't be afraid and try different things and don't, you know, get beat up. If something doesn't work, just try something new. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Marnie, I've enjoyed this conversation. Just one last question for you. If listen, I know you do podcasts, you're, you're consulting with people one-on-one, you're doing a whole bunch of amazing stuff. If you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would it be? It doesn't have to be about dating. It could be about anything. What would it be? People are good. People are good. People are good. And you have to know that about people. But in some way, people always um, get hurt and they build up these defense mechanisms. And the piece of advice is that sometimes you have to acknowledge that that those pieces are in place for creating that human. It's really just trying to see the humanness in everybody. Um, I just know so many people who, who certain people would, would define them as like a jerk or mean or whatever. But I think when you can be really empathetic towards the individuals in front of you and you can help see that maybe they have some sort of, pain or they struggle with something when they were younger or maybe they have a pattern of from pain where they were taught that they weren't good enough if you can try to see that those parts in humans you'll have a much easier time uh getting around and surviving in this world rather than being angry at everybody all the time i'm saying this because of everything that's going on with covid right now and just like everybody's just so angry at each other and it, i just i i it doesn't it doesn't serve a purpose for yeah. me i'd rather people like get to express themselves and get to hear what's going on and what their backgrounds were and they could be empathetic towards other people so this is a long piece of advice but just just be open to other people's experiences I love that. I absolutely love it. I love this conversation. As I mentioned, I'm going to make sure your social handles, your websites, oh, thank are, you. everything's going to be in the show notes of this episode, but I just want to say thank you again. Express my gratitude for this. I'm excited to be able to amplify it. Oh, thank you. I loved it. I love talking to you. It's really easy. And there it is, episode 169 of the Decoding Success podcast with our friend Marnie. As mentioned earlier in the show, if you found this to be of value, clearly you have if you're listening to it this long. We truly, truly, truly ask you and appreciate you sharing this with at least one person. Again, it costs you absolutely nothing to do so, and you have the opportunity to make an impact on someone, maybe going through something on a relationship standpoint, or maybe needing some of the insights that are dropped within this episode, or hey, maybe just something entertaining to listen to. You have the opportunity to share this, and we absolutely appreciate you doing so. On top of that, you can connect with Marnie in the show notes of this episode, where you can find all of her social links, her websites, all of that good stuff. Get in touch with her. Let her know you heard her here on Decoding Success. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.